Hello everyone and welcome back to Sarah's Space. I do apologize immediately for the slightly longer than intended hiatus. Uh, I should have uploaded last week, exactly a week today, but I had a pretty nasty cold and as much as I like that husky sound that sometimes happens in my throat, it was past husky and bordering on downright creepy and hard to understand. So therefore, I did not do a podcast last week. So here I am, uh, much, 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 almost 100% healthier. And I have some things I'd love to chat with you today. I also wanted to let you know that um, I've got some wonderful guest podcasts uh, that is missing from many people's day-to-day lives, whether it be given to them or given out freely. And I do see it, and especially in this season when we start getting into the heavy competition season for dance, uh, and I should rephrase that, for amateur dance affiliated with training institutions, uh, it becomes a bit more prevalent and I don't think it is any one person's fault. I'm not laying the blame on anyone, actually. I think it just sometimes gets lost in the fray, in the preparation, in the stresses, in the exhaustion. And simple kindnesses are extremely easy to enact, and they also feel quite amazing to receive. So in relation to that, I also want to tie it into generosity of spirit and tying that into also competitive spirit. I have had the uh, honor of watching my young teenagers and uh, older teenagers recently compete and take part in a, a large convention competition and their overall behavior with one another, uh, with the guest instructors, with the faculty, with the faculty from their school that came, including myself, with their parents, uh, with the other, I I won't even say competitors, with the other participants, was so honorable and something to be so proud of that I I just, I want to speak to that. And I want to say that acting as that observer is an unusual situation for me. And being that it was for a full three days, I really got a chance to see people behave with one another and uh, without necessarily knowing they were being observed in that fashion. And it was illuminating, uh, distressing at times, but also uh, gave me hope as far as what we could maybe just address in the future. I think that competitive spirit needs to be understood as something that exists and dwells with each and every one of us to some extent. Some people's is so minor. And in that, uh, that when I say minor, it means that it doesn't dominate their personality. It's not what motivates them and pushes them forward. And that's, <clears throat> excuse me, not to say that that is better or worse. It just, <clears throat> oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. There's the vestige of the cold. Uh, it, it just is what it is. And I feel as though we need to learn that it's neither something to celebrate or to demean if someone displays a highly competitive nature versus someone whose competitive nature might be more dormant 
or almost imperceptible. I think that what happens a lot of the time is this desire to spur our youth on to achieve excellence in themselves and to reach greater heights and and new heights of their own achievement patterns, we neglect to mention that along the way, part of that is development as a human. And I feel that it actually could be tied into a challenge that one says, yes, by all means, push yourself to new achievement levels. Push yourself to surprise yourself with what you are able to accomplish. But along the way, also push yourself to not get caught up in anyone else's negativity, to not allow someone else to psych you out if that is their modus operandi, not to get caught up in someone else's toxicity or inability to appreciate one another along the pathway. That is a, that's a challenge into itself. And I feel that the competitive spirit is so heavily tied in with that, that it's important to address right from the onset. I do also think that the athletic community deals with it more organically and from a, I guess, possibly a more grassroots beginning level because it's openly a win or lose situation. Whereas in things like dance, which quite honestly is so subjective to to mark or score or say who's better anyways, it can be one of those things that really divides uh, a group, a room, uh, a set of peers, a set of young people. And I think that there could be so much more value taken from a situation in which one could say, wow, look at that dancer over there. They are so confident. They are so in their body. They are so skilled at, at particular aspects or genres of dance that perhaps are being explored at that moment. Or, or maybe they are so comfortable with picking up other people's choreography at high speeds. Or maybe they are uh, particularly comfortable in letting go and opening that raw and vulnerable place in themselves, which of course will make them so charismatic and, and impossible not to watch. I, I think that pointing that out immediately as opposed to that's the one to beat or watch them they're, you know, they're ready to take you down. I think even, I think projecting that more positive aspect of energy will inevitably wear the negativity that might be inherent in that other person. I witnessed some young people this past, uh, well, I guess it was over a weekend ago now, uh, in the past two weeks, I witnessed some young people interacting in a fashion that was so supportive and they were so clearly taken aback at the abilities and uh, energies and uh, overall performance level of each other that they would openly compliment and, and support and just say, that was amazing, which benefits both of them. In that moment, they are buoying themselves up as a human being and they are opening themselves to the positive energy of learning. And the other person is receiving this wonderful compliment and feeling Maybe at the moment they were so lost in their work that they didn't even think about what it looks like from the outside. But to have that uh, affirmation that, hey, I, I'm moving in a direction that's that's touching and moving people. How splendid is that? That should be encouraged enormously, in my personal opinion. 
And, you know, some of the behavior that I saw that was so blatantly and avariciously competitive to a degree where I actually laughed out loud in one particular instance, I look at that and I just think, well, you know, I guess this is really important to you. And I guess that what you have learned is, is that you need to win to matter. And although that makes me sad, and although I think that's completely the wrong direction to go, particularly with a performing art, may I remind you, that's what my main direction of conversation is pertaining to. I, I, I don't want to malign that, that child or that person. Um, I think that the responsibility lies in the adults that are guiding him or her. And I feel that when watching that kind of behavior, I mean, I, I, I sort of see it as, wow, you would have been amazing blocking on a basketball court, or you would have been amazing fainting, uh, fainting, or however you want to pronounce it. Let's call it fainting with a soccer ball so that you may dribble all the way down, not dribble, oh my goodness, you may dribble possibly with your feet and, uh, well, it's been a long time since I've played sports, um, and get all the way to the opposite end of the field and score a goal. It's, it's a more win or lose sports mentality that has an edge of aggression to it at all times, which I, I find, well, truly off-putting to see in a dance arena. And I, I hope that I hope that people that are the receptors of that can understand that that person really needs our compassion because they're in a very strange place and their their journey will not be long in the dance world. It, it, it is misplaced, that energy, for sure. I think that what I did notice overall is that each of the young dancers that I knew personally that, that partook in this experience took a deep breath and found something for themselves and found something to grow with, found something to experience that would give them something to walk away with, no matter how exhausted and depleted their energy sources and stores might be and how weird an experience it might have been for them. They came away with with growth and evolution within themselves. And that that makes me beyond proud. You know, there's a lot to unwind after an experience like that. There's a lot to unpack as a teacher and a mentor to help people find themselves again in the midst of that exhaustion and that sort of intense experience, uh, which is similar to doing a run of shows. Oftentimes, one comes away from that almost dazed and confused as to what just happened for the last four nights when I was pouring my heart and soul and body out on the stage, receiving applause, which elated me, and then I went home and kind of you know, sunk into a stupor and then woke up and did it all over again. It, it, it's a it's a very strange world when one looks at it from the outside. And I think that learning the techniques of managing the intense moments and the aftermath is really important at a young age. And I think that's up to us as mentors and teachers. I really, truly do. I mean, parents have their own journey with their children within that. And hopefully their journey is true and pure and not vicarious trying to um, live or experience the dance world through their child but but experiencing it secondhand in the sense of wow my child is doing this because they love this and some of it is hard for me to watch because maybe it's hard for me to watch them I don't want to say suffer because that's such a large word but 
you know, sometimes the little indignities or the being overlooked or the the knowledge that one is not yet where one personally wants to be, and then maybe in comparison of a room of one's peers is at a different level entirely, those moments hurt. And, and we as parents can be an incredible source of comfort and sorting it out and putting it into a perspective that allows our child to grow and to feel empowered by where they actually are at, and then maybe to further discern how much further they want to go within that particular paradigm or how much further they want to go in the dance world period. I think that's really important to keep our our ears open to because oftentimes even within my own lifetime I can say that certain experiences that were pretty embarrassing and dreadful at the hands of unkind or unjust adults just for me with the loving supportive uh, family that I got to go home to really allowed me to sort out that you will not take this experience away from me. I want this. You will not make me feel ashamed to love dancing. You will not make me feel ashamed to want to pursue it further. So in essence, within, I guess within the support that I knew I had and that I was still unconditionally loved, even though this person in power in the dance world made me feel decidedly less unconditionally loved, if not thoroughly um, disliked, I was able to feel as though I could I could spend time with my own feelings and recognize that that was not a, going to be a deterrent. If anything, it was going to spur me on further. So as parents, we have that power to really help as well and help our, our young people learn and grow from every single experience that they're in. I mean, truthfully, as a mom, I would love to completely protect my daughter from, I guess, the crap that I know is coming uh, within the dance world and also within life. And I'd like to protect her from hurt. I'd like to protect her from unkind, unjust behaviors around her. But I would be unkind and unjust in doing so because then she would never learn the tools to deal with them on her own. And I will not be on the planet forever. And I want her to feel my, my energy, my support, and my love with her forever, but not me as an entity that's guiding her way and not giving her the strength to deal with things on her own. I think that um, that also gives me a segue into in something that I am experiencing a great deal as, as an adult, as a, as a parent myself, and also as a guide and a mentor and a teacher for others is that going through some some deeply uh, vulnerable personal events right now, or I shouldn't say deeply vulnerable, that is not the proper grammar, going through some personal events that make me feel deeply vulnerable, I am really daily sorting out my self-respect as to uh, stoicism. So stoicism is something that, again, like competitive nature, gets prized in our society as, well, that person, you know, uh, treasures on no matter what and look at them look what they dealt with and and look how they kept going you know i i agree that seeing someone's personal strength to move through tragedy to move through personal difficulty to move through personal sadness to triumph over forces that might want to repress or to um restrain us i i i do see that as a beautiful personal strength but personal strength is also in in witnessing our own vulnerability 
and embracing it and having the self-respect to say, you know what, I'm crumbling a little bit right now. I am going to keep going forward. I am going to be here for those in my life that I either have uh, professional obligations to or personal caring and affection for or deep love for. But I might not be perfect. In fact, I can, well, perfect, it never exists. But I will not be this icon of, of rock-hard stoicism that never sheds a tear. However, I will maybe shed a tear. I may look sad and I will be here, which is so important. So I feel like I wanted to address that because I think that sometimes I feel like those strenuous, stressful personal experiences can be so difficult for us but the way we deal with them can be the greatest lesson to those around us. And I feel like having the dignity and the self-respect and self-awareness to be able to reach out and not necessarily ask for help, because I don't think that's appropriate in the circumstances of being the guide or the mentor or the teacher, but ask for compassion and understanding. You're actually helping other young humans grow. And in the meantime, you are cutting yourself the slack to be human, very, very human. And that beauty in being human teaches, it teaches, and it is a kindness unto itself. I feel as though it also allows people to embrace the vulnerability within themselves and realize that if they are having a time in which they're almost feeling like they can't cope, that's not a weakness. That's not them not succeeding. That's not them winning or, uh, sorry, going back to that competitive thing. That's not them losing and, and being on the, on the wrong end of the winning stick. It, it's them admitting a vulnerability and in essence, moving forward with greater alacrity and openness to what experiences lie ahead. And I think that that truly is a graceful way to deal with some of the very difficult things that we all have to deal with in life. I also can't begin to tell you, uh, again, from experiential uh, moments, <laughs> but also just from years of, of experience and knowledge that during times of stress, during times of recuperation from times of stress, during times of intensity and times post-intensity, sleep is imperative. It is such a reparative time of the day. It is a time in which we literally get to be in the cocoon of the unconscious and turn off everything that we think we have to do and we think that we need to be on for and that we think we need to accomplish. And not only does our body physiologically recuperate and repair during that time period, but our mind. When we deprive ourselves of that or, or circumstances of stress prevail to the point where it deprives us of that, we need to find a way to get that back. If that means no caffeine, if that means learning some sort of deep breathing exercise, reading before bed, listening to music, um, making sure also always drinking water so that the body doesn't cramp up, so that the mind doesn't cramp up, and so that we are allowing our 75 to 
uh, hydrated body to subsist on its own while we are dealing with other matters. I think that that, um, that advice I need to give out at this time because I'm certainly doing my very, very best to follow it myself. Uh, yeah, I'm in a reflective state of mind. If it's not particularly uh, apparent, <laughs> I, I will just openly state that right now. I will also say that I think that my experience as a human being on the planet, um, spending most of my life, almost 38 years, in front of people guiding, teaching, mentoring, coaching, choreographing, etc. I do think that it's important to bring who you are to every situation. So that honesty, that might mean you say something along the lines of, I'm going through a difficult time right now, and I would just appreciate your utmost cooperation. Uh, I apologize if I am not 100% as aware or energetic or enthusiastic as I normally am. I'm doing my very best. I think that that is something that the receiving party can appreciate and, and actually feel even more honored by the fact you're making the effort to be there for them and also that you entrust them with the knowledge and the knowledge that they're mature enough and warm, open, compassionate and kind enough to do their best to take your information, absorb it, still be themselves, still treat you as they would in a, in a natural manner, but also have at the back of the mind this gentle awareness that, that circumstances that prevail are maybe not the most ideal. And that, again, is teaching compassion and kindness. And it also, on a lighter tone, bringing who you really are brings a lot of humor to the situation. Because let's face it, uh, we are all beautifully flawed. And in the open admission of that, we can have a really good laugh. I mean, I, I definitely love laughing. And I treasure those moments where it's just impossible to avoid. And usually in every class, I have to say, there is one laugh shared, whether it be at myself or us all together, or me in relating an anecdote that might help open uh, a learning conduit for my students. I think that laughter, I know it's a trite saying that laughter is the best medicine, but it really is a wonderful way to relieve tension out of the body as well. And to just bring it all back to the reality that we aren't, we aren't going to go any further unless we release whatever we're hanging on to right now. Uh, we can learn from what we're hanging on to. We can learn to why we're hanging. Uh, sorry, we can learn from why we're hanging on to it. But we aren't going to go any further unless there's that natural evolution of sorting out our personal business and finding a way to manifest it in a fashion that we, I guess we make it, we make it part of our daily, well, many people use the word practice. And I, I, I do shy away from that word because I shy away from a lot of words that are, are overused in my personal opinion or 
um, trendy or, um, well, you know, I think I've discussed before, I tend to shy away from what most other people do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, there's my laughter. Uh, but wherever my train of thought was, is this is one thing I am currently uh, being generous and kind with myself about my memory with the stress that I'm experiencing is far less acute than it normally is. And uh, I actually find myself staring off into the distance sometimes wondering, what was I just saying? And then sometimes, what day is it? And then sometimes, what am I doing? And then occasionally, I will literally forget words. I forget names. I, I definitely have already warned my students so that no one ever has that look on their face. That's just makes me feel so horrible when I call them the wrong name or I don't even say a name because I'm just suffering from this mental lapse or cerebral gap at the moment. And I just say to them, listen, this is so not you and so not about you. This is my state of mind right now. Please don't take it on. Please know that you are in my mind and in my heart and under normal circumstances. I would know your name. <laughs> I might even complete a sentence without wandering off in some sort of, oh, who knows, cerebral journey. Having said that, I guess I just want to uh, conclude this particular podcast with uh, the reminder to be kind to oneself first before one can be kind to others. So if you are naturally a giver and you are naturally more comfortable in the position of giving, and being generous and being available. Understand that there will be times in your life in which those positions will be reversed and it's okay to say no kindly and gently and it's okay to admit that you have no space left and it's okay to admit that you are simply taking on more than you are actually comfortable taking on just by getting through a day and doing banal day-to-day -day activities. It will amaze you the kindness uh, that emerges from others and, and the support and the wonderful backup and sometimes advice and sometimes shoulders to cry on and sometimes just wide open kind faces. So being that I began the whole podcast reminding everyone to practice more kindness and generosity of spirit with others, I would like to end it in the same fashion and say, you know, sometimes being in a situation and looking over and seeing someone wearing a particular item that you think looks beautiful on them or you just love the color, say it out loud. Or if someone looks like they're struggling with an item and you could pick it up or assist them, do so. Or if a door could be opened to make someone's passageway through easier help or any other as they say random act of kindness those we need to spread those more now i think the the climate of the world um both geographically and i guess from a meteorological point of view and certainly from a sociological point of view we really need to reach out and recognize we are all humans in the same boat inevitably we are all on the planet trying to share a rather beleaguered space and let's try and share it with as much warmth and generosity as we can and also let's embrace each and every moment 
with as much gratitude as we can because those moments they will come and go and they will eventually end and mortal life is is so valued and why not because it's such an incredibly rich experience sharing someone's life with them but I feel like we can also recognize that if we have had the blessings and the wonder of sharing that with other human beings it's in us it is a part of us so continue to share it and continue to go out and go forth and be filled with that and spread that because it will only lead to a better space and a better environment for us all to live in and on that somewhat somber not meaning to be but let's call it a caring and loving reflective tone I will conclude, (laughs) dear me, I will conclude today before my tongue ties any further and say thank you for listening. And uh, I apologize again for the delay in, in today's Sarah's space. And I welcome you back in the near future. Bye, everyone.